Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Support for Criminal comes from 1Password. If you're someone who's ever reused an old password, or you just hate creating and keeping track of new ones, then it might be time to try a password manager. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. All you have to do is remember one strong account password that protects everything else. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial for you and your family at onepasswordcom criminal. That's the number one, password.com slash criminal for two free weeks. onepasswordcom slash criminal. In 1908, the New York Times reported on a dog, a, quote, splendid Newfoundland. The piece reads, quote, The dog is the property of a man who lives on the banks of the Seine, just outside Paris. Some time ago, a child playing on the riverbank fell into the water and was in imminent danger of being drowned. The dog, hearing the cries and the splashing, leaped over a hedge, ran down the bank, and plunged into the stream, just in time to rescue the little victim. Naturally, the brave animal was made much of, and the father of the child, by way of recompense, presented him a succulent beefsteak. Two days later, another child fell into the water and was rescued by the dog. The lifesaver received another beefsteak. The piece continues, Rescues became more and more frequent, Hardly a day passed, but that some unfortunate infant was brought safely to the bank by the dog after an involuntary bath. It began to be suspected that the neighborhood was haunted by a mysterious criminal, and a special watch was inaugurated. Then the truth came out. It was the dog, the noble lifesaver himself, that was the guilty one. Whenever he saw a child playing on the edge of the stream, he promptly knocked it into the water, and then, nonetheless promptly, jumped into the rescue. He had thus established for himself a profitable source of revenue. The headline was, Dog, a Fake Hero. Today, stories of animals really going for it. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. Growing up in Chicago, my family had a cat named Jim. My sister Chloe named him after our neighbor, Jim Grigar. My mother and Chloe found Jim one afternoon at the playground near our house. They saw this little kitten, who they said was going down the slide with kids. The kitten ended up following Chloe and my mother home and walked right through the back gate and into our yard. My mother said that if it was still in our backyard in the morning, we could take it to the vet and adopt it. I'd never had a cat before, so I didn't know how they were supposed to act. But I think I always knew that Jim seemed a little different. 
He didn't ask anything from us. When he came inside, he'd just lie down near the heater. No litter box. He'd meow at the door, and we'd open it and let him out. He would roam far away, and we wouldn't see him for a day or two. And then he'd come back, usually leaving some birds on the front doormat as a present from his trip. One time, we got a call from someone a mile away who had found Jim sitting on his front step in the sun and brought him inside. My mother thanked the man and then asked if he wouldn't mind just opening his door and letting Jim back out. She was certain he'd find his way home, which, of course, he did. Jim loved to ride in the car. Sometimes we would invite him in for a ride to the lake or to do some errands. Other times he would sneak in and you wouldn't know he was there until you heard him meow from the back seat. My father used to tell a story about leaving for a business trip. He was driving himself to Midway Airport. We lived on the north side of the city, and Midway was about as far away as you could get. When he parked the car at the airport, he reached into the back seat to get his bag, and there was Jim. My father didn't have enough time to drive all the way back to our house without missing his flight, and he couldn't leave Jim in the car for days. He didn't know what to do. So he took Jim under his arm and walked to the cab stand at the front of the airport. He opened the back door of the cab and threw Jim in, handed the cab driver a $20 bill and asked, Take this man to the corner of Irving Park and Pulaski. When you get there, open the door. He'll find his way home. The taxi driver agreed. When he got to the corner, he opened the door and Jim jumped out and found his way back home. Jim lived for almost 20 years, walking the neighborhood as an old man, just as he had done as a little kitten. A few years after Jim was gone, we got another cat, Elliot. And it turns out that he's picked up just where Jim left off. All right, so my name is Felix Hackenbruch, and I work as a journalist for the Berlin newspaper called Tagesspiegel. In the summer of 2020, a man in Berlin named Christian Meyer went for a run. And uh, when he came back, or when he returned, uh, he left his shoes outside, as always. But on the next morning, the shoes were disappeared. He told me later the shoes were new and, and quite pricey. Um, and, yeah... Christian Meyer couldn't believe it because um, who should steal a pair of running shoes? So he wrote a message on a neighborhood platform called Nebenandi, that means next door. And then he got many messages. Um, and suddenly he recognized, okay, it seems uh, that many, many neighbors um, missed their shoes. He's not the only victim. So were people writing in these messages, my shoes were, was there a pattern in how these shoes were missing? Were both shoes being taken from the neighborhood or was it just one sometimes? Oh, sometimes both, sometimes only one. So it was quite a mystery. Um, There was not a really pattern, yeah. And then a neighbor wrote a message to the listserv saying that he had seen a fox running around a certain part of the neighborhood and suggested that Christian Meyer might consider looking for his shoes around there. So next day, Christian Meyer did that. He went to this place, and um, when he arrived, he just found the stealing fox in action, actually. 
when he arrived, the fox was running away with a pair of flip-flops in his mouth. Blue plastic flip-flops. Two of them. And then Christian Meyer made a decision. He decided he would chase the fox. He was running behind him, but then the fox went through a fence. And so he lost, uh, he lost the fox, but he was climbing over the fence and through this kind of jungle, forest, wood, whatever. And yeah, he tried to find the fox or at least the flip-flops. And then Christian Meyer looked down and realized he'd found what must have been the fox's den, or at least his hiding place. He told me he was completely surprised because <laughs> he found not one or two shoes, he found more than 100 shoes. And most of them were plastic shoes, like flip-flops or these kind of garden shoes. We call them Crocs. And um, they were quite colorful, so it seems it was a fashion fox. Crocs in yellow and green and pink in camouflage, kids' Crocs, and also lots of running shoes, and even tall gardening boots. One loafer with a high heel, one black ballet flat, one scarf with pink stripes, one loose insole. Christian Meyer recovered as many shoes as he could. The good shoes, which were in a good shape, he took all back to his place and he posted a picture. And uh, he posted it again on this, on this platform. And so many neighbors uh, got their shoes back because they, f- they saw, oh, there's my shoe I was missing. And um, <laughs> yeah, so th- they found their shoes. But unfortunately, Miles' running shoes did not appear. Um, yeah. So, he, so he, he went through the fox's den and collected all of the shoes that the fox had, had stolen, brought them back, lined them up and said, hey, come, come take your shoe if you see it here. To come, I found a size nine lime green croc left. Is this yours? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did, did any behavior start to change in the neighborhood after it was found out that a fo- Did people start keeping their shoes inside? Well, Maya did that, yeah. He, he, he told me his, uh, from that point, his shoes, uh, he never left his shoes outside. Felix wrote about the shoe-stealing fox and posted a photo of all the shoes on Twitter. Lots of people commented on the Crocs. One person wrote, he was doing you all a favor. Support for Criminal comes from Astapro, who also provided us with free samples. This is my favorite time of year, even though I've had terrible allergies all my life. My mother says she always knew when I was up in the morning because she'd hear me sneeze and say, Phoebe's up. I think the most I've ever sneezed in a row is 48. It's like my nose is in control and I'm just along for the ride. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. It starts working in just 30 minutes, so you can get on with your day and be out in the sun comfortably. 
Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Support for Criminal comes from Quince. It's spring, and you might be in the mood to get rid of some clutter. A good place as any to start is your wardrobe. Having just a few high-quality, timeless pieces of clothing feels a lot better than a closet full of stuff you're not that thrilled about. You can get some of those well-made essentials from Quince. Quince is a brand that offers luxury clothing essentials at reasonable prices. They have a wide variety of items, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and 14-karat gold jewelry. All of Quince's stuff is affordable. In fact, they're priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're able to do that because they partner directly with top factories. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com criminal for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash criminal to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash criminal. How many birds do you have there? Uh, approximately 1,400. 1,400 birds? Yes. What kinds? Uh, there's 103 different species of parrot. Uh, so there's everything from... African greys to budgerige jars to macaws to cockatoos, along with the Amazons. And then we have other types of birds like uh, jays and cockatiels. So there's, a, there's a, a, a quite an array, quite a mix. Steve Nichols runs Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in England. In August 2020, the park adopted five new birds, all African grey parrots, from different homes in different parts of England, the birds were named Billy, Elsie, Eric, Jade, and Tyson. Steve Nichols says that at first, all five of them were placed in a quarantine together, like all new birds who enter the park. One day, Steve Nichols was cleaning in the room next door to the birds, and he heard something strange. I actually heard quite a lot of vocals going off in there, which basically I thought it was some volunteer workers we had that were being quite rowdy and their language was getting quite loud. So I actually went into this quarantine to basically tell uh, the volunteers off to, to tell them to be quiet. And when I walked in, I was quite un, quite surprised to see that there was actually no one in there, just the parrots. And it all went silent as I went in. But then when I came back out, I could hear the swearing again, so I went back in. And when I went back in, they wasn't worried about me then, so they just carried on swearing. And what happens is... If you teach your parrot to actually say something like that, usually what happens is the first time you hear the parrot say it, then you will follow that by a laughing. So you will make a laughing noise. And the parrots actually class that as a positive reaction. So they then, that encourages them to do it even more. And before you know it, uh, the parrots then learn how to swear and they also learn how to laugh afterwards. And what was happening then is as one was swearing, then another one was laughing, and that then encouraged it to swear even more. And before you knew it all, five of them were swearing at each other. So so the parrots not only swear at each other, but if you were to walk into the, to the cage or the parrots were to see you, they might tell you to 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the things they say is when you walk in, they'll shout things like, oh, you're fat. And then at the end of it, put a, a swear word. And, uh, and, and we, I mean, we're, even though we're used to it, there's still nothing more unusual than walking past just a normal grey bird that then can turn on and say something very obscure to you in a very swearing manner. Uh, and you can't help but laugh, even us, after all these years. When a parrot swears, you still have to laugh. And I know people say you shouldn't because you encourage them, but it's so difficult not to. What happened when the birds were brought out for public display? Did they start swearing at the guests? I mean, I, I would assume this is a place uh, yes, where kids initially come and... they, they did swear. Initially, they were swearing. And what we first did is take them back offshore because they started swearing at the children because the children were very loud, uh, naturally, and the children had been excited because they hadn't been able to come out and see animals for a long time. And the parents were very excited to see people. So as the kiddies went walking up, uh, I actually heard, this is why it all happened again, why we took them offshore. Uh, when I was walking up, I, I thought the children were swearing. And I thought, that's quite coincidental, children swearing at parrots. Uh, so I went down, and as I was walking down, I could hear the parrots swearing and the kiddies laughing. The birds were screaming obscenities, so shocking, apparently, that Steve Nichols wouldn't even repeat them to us. He says Billy was the worst. All the F-words and all the quite extremities that uh, are very, very, very bad. He knew he couldn't let these birds continue screaming at people and then laughing about it. And so he pulled them from public view and took them to an aviary where, Steve hoped, they might be influenced to behave more like the other birds, more polite birds, birds that imitated other things, car alarms, cell phones, a microwave beeping, He remembers walking through the aviary for a health check every evening at dusk and hearing birds vocalizing, making ringtones, saying hello. And then, he says, he'd hear the F word. Eventually, Billy, Elsie, Eric, Jade, and Tyson were allowed to go back on public display at the sanctuary. They joined 1,500 other parrots and all kinds of other birds, including a pink Australian cockatoo, who also talks. And as you're walking past him, he'll go, hello, sexy, how are you? And, and you can't help but change your mannerisms. And as you're walking past, you'll say, I'm doing very well, and thank you for calling me sexy. And then you just carry on walking. And it's like, I think we've all, we've all lost it a little bit. I think it's a, it is just what it is. Steve Nichols also told us about Chico, a bright green parrot, who sings Beyonce songs. Here's more from Chico. When I moved into my house in Durham, there was already a strange tiny pond in the backyard that the previous owners had put in. It's only a couple of feet across, full of algae. It's never made any sense to me. A few years ago, my father was in town, and without asking permission, he went to Pet Supplies Plus, bought 10 goldfish, and put them in the pond. 
He said nothing. I eventually noticed the fish food sitting by the back door. But then my father left town, and now I had all these fish to take care of. They were growing and multiplying very quickly. And then one day, I looked out of the window and saw a great blue heron standing over the pond, completely poised to start fishing. I went outside to shoo the bird away, but then I just didn't stop him. I got out my phone and started filming. The heron ate every single fish. And then my neighbor, who apparently felt bad, restocked the pond. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Thanks to 1Password for their support. It can be annoying to create so many new, unique passwords with arbitrary numbers, symbols, and letters every time we need one. And then once we've created one that works, we have to try to keep track of it and not reuse it anywhere else. And not choose anything that's easy to guess or remember. 1Password can take care of all of that for you. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. It uses industry-leading security to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. With 1Password, you just need to remember one strong account password that protects everything else. It's a great way to keep things organized and private, so you'll no longer need to keep tabs on a bunch of long, convoluted passwords or reuse the same one ever again. Join the millions of users and over 100,000 businesses who trust 1Password's award-winning password manager. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial for you and your family at onepassword.com slash criminal. That's the number one, password.com slash criminal for two free weeks. Onepassword.com slash criminal. It actually happened, I was out of town, and my father stopped by the office to check on things, and he saw some money laying on the floor inside of... um, one of our entry doors is like a, a glass bank of windows with a, uh, a solid panel of glass door. So it's kind of got a bit of an air gap between the door and the, and the window. And at the bottom of it inside the office was a few, like a $5 bill and a $1 bill. Stuart McDaniel owns a marketing firm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was really peculiar. And we didn't understand, like, why would there be money laying in the floor of our office? That's not... I don't know that any clients paying their bill with, with singles. Um, so my dad kind of got to thinking, well, what, what did you, let me look at the video. So he pulls up um, the security cameras and there it is. Uh, some, uh, some of the nightlife traffic uh, during the evening that go to the restaurants and the bars and stuff downtown uh, had walked by and the cat, we, we've known this for a while. The cat is kind of a snooper. He, he, he's a people watcher in the windows, and so he sits at his perch and watches people go by, and he just likes to sit there and, and, and 
uh, snoop on people. And um, I guess somebody, they cut, he caught their eye and um, they decided to put money through the door to play with him and he took it. <laughs> he grabbed it with his claws and snatched it out of, out of their hand and, and they, they were shocked and laughing in the video. And then they had to do it again, and that's where the the other bill came from. And it, it was—I think they were just meaning to play with him, and they didn't realize that they were about to lose their money. And uh, so that's kind of how it happened. And once we realized that people were willing to do something so silly, we were like, well, "Hell, we'll you know we'll just uh, sort of sign up and 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 see what we can raise." And in the first weekend, we did it. I mean, there's like twenty, thirty dollars in the floor the next morning. It's it's hilarious. You know, there's videos of it. He'll bring the money in and then he'll pat it, and then that's like it's his now, like that's mine. And when when we lay the money out and organize it to count it, and we take a picture and put it on his Facebook, um, he's circling the money, like watching it be counted because that's his. That's his prize. That's his trophy. So it's it's funny. He's a he's an interesting little cat. I'll say that. So so you will walk in in the morning, and there will be a pile of money just there waiting for you. Uh, depending on the day, weekdays there might be only five to ten dollars. On the weekends is when that's his uh, that's his sweet spot. He'll end up with fifty sixty dollars after a week. <laughs> Can he tell the difference between money and paper? Early on, I said probably not, but I've seen him ignore business cards and flyers, and then if someone slides money through, he snatches it. So I think he's actually gotten wise to their tricks, um, and he doesn't like the hard cardboard cardstock of a, a business card. So I've, I've watched him like ignore people trying to cheat him. And then if someone's putting a real dollar through, he snatches it. So he might have gotten wise to it. It sure seems like it. Stuart McDaniel and his family donate all of the money to the Tulsa Day Center, which serves people in Oklahoma who are experiencing or at risk for homelessness. He's raised over $8,000 to date. $8,000 $8, through the door with his paws. <laughs> with his paws or his mouth, he'll bite it. Uh, sometimes the bills are a little more mutilated than others. Um, I don't know if that was an aggressive attack or what, but um, the, the bank lets us tape them back together. <laughs> and we we uh, do a, a deposit and get a cashier's check so we can we don't have to send uh, some of the tattered and uh, withered money over to the day center. I'd like to meet this cat. He seems like quite a guy. He's fickle, so... I will tell you this, there's lots of people, lots of people, an unusual number of people like to come by and say hi to him and they want to pet him and hold him. And I'm like, full disclosure, he loves or hates you. And like, you can pick him up and he'll purr and he'll lay on his back on your, in your arms and kind of do that whole like rub me thing. And then he'll turn right around and claw the crap out of you. <laughs> so I tell people, hey, pet him at your own at your own peril. And and if you're going to try to pet him, at least have a dollar at the ready. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> it's the fact that he uh, he knows you don't have any money on you, so he's he's gonna 
act out. I don't know, but he's he's fickle. Well, I hope you have a, a, a really nice holiday season, and thanks so much for talking. Absolutely. Thank you. On November 28, 2016, Corporal Julie Yingling of the St. Mary's County Sheriff's Office in Maryland was told by dispatch to report right away to the Dollar General store. When you pulled up to the Dollar General, what did you see? Well, obviously, I pulled up in a strategic position. I wasn't going to pull directly up into the building. I wasn't sure if this was some kind of an ambush or what was going to happen. So I pulled up in a strategic position, and when I entered the building, I found all the workers up front kind of where the, I guess, cash registers and, and so forth are. So you, you walk in, all of the workers are, are, are by the front, probably nervous and scared. What do you do? I've walked in, obviously, you know, I inquired, I was like, what happened? Why am I here? What is going on? And one of the workers said he was outside taking a break and that, you know, the doors are automatic, they have sensors. And he said, after my break, I walked back in and the sliding doors opened. And he said, and and behind me came a beaver. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, no, he's back in the back of the store. They said he had run, run, run around. I think he'd climbed on some things. I think he'd laid on some toilet paper or something. I don't really know what he did prior to my arrival. Once I got there and he saw me, he immediately, he looked at me for a few seconds and then he took off running. So I'm actually now pursuing this animal through the, through the Dollar General. The aisle I contained him on happened to be a Christmas aisle. And then once he realized he was contained, he, he almost like, it was like, almost like he was Christmas shopping. He went, looked at some plates. He looked at some other things. I guess he didn't like that. And he threw a couple of plates and some decorations into the floor. And then he found the Christmas trees and he was very intrigued by the Christmas trees. That's what, again, when he got up on his hind legs and was actually looked like he was perusing through the trees. It was, it was actually very cute. How did you finally capture this beaver? So finally, I had to admit defeat because there was nothing I could do with him. So I called our dispatch, who called our on-call animal control, and they actually responded to the scene and and took custody of him. And what happened to the beaver? Um, They took the beaver, and they, I guess they kept him for a day or two, and then they released him back into the area where he came from. So I don't get Christmas cards from him. I've never heard from him again. Well, you know, it's it's still the Christmas season, and and maybe he'll show up this year looking for a little last minute gift or a a, a last minute tree. And so, who knows? You might get a call again. I I would actually love that. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, thank you very much for speaking. This has been great, and and uh, I'm very uh, happy we talked to you. And I hope you have a, a very good holiday season. And we'll wish the same for your beaver friend. All right. Thank you so much, and you too. Thanks for listening to Criminal This Year. It means an awful lot to all of us. We've got big plans for 2022, more episodes, more often, and some special series on the way. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon.
Criminal is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Susanna Robertson is our producer. Engineering by Russ Henry. Audio mix by Rob Byers. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of Criminal. You can see them at thisiscriminal.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Criminal Show. Criminal is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcast.voxmedia.com. Shows like Cover Story, a new investigative series from New York Magazine. The first season of Cover Story is called Power Trip, and it's a story revolving around charismatic shamans, secret cults, and deep-pocketed investors willing to ignore it all. Ketamine therapy, guided mushroom trips. People are calling it the psychedelic renaissance. But what are we overlooking in our rush to feel better? Follow Cover Story on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. Thank you.